is William Tincup, and we are recruiting daily, and we are re- live at Transform in the greenhouse booth. So, um, I guess right now is Israel. We're going to be talking about um, DEI, as we have been all day. So, Israel, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself? Sure thing. Uh, my name is Israel Gutierrez. Uh, I'm the Vice President of Talent Acquisition at Axios. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, a um, couple things. So, uh, well, first of all, how have you liked the show so far? It's great. I know, right? Yeah. It's different. Yes. You played, you, you've played with the puppies? Uh, we tried to go to okay. the puppy booth earlier. The to, line was yeah, 45-minute wait. This is what we've learned. Puppies bring joy. <laughs> we need more puppies. Exactly. That's what we've learned. Puppies in every booth. Puppies in every booth. Next year. That's... We'll have, we'll make it work. Please, if you're a vendor and you're listening to this, have puppies in your booth. Um, Laurie, let's talk DEI for a second. What do you think would, you know, just going back a couple of years, what do you think that we've done well? Or where, where, have we, where do you feel like we've made strides in DEI? Yeah, I think, I mean, I remember it was like circa 2014, right. 2015, when these large enterprise organizations, the Google, the Facebooks of the world were putting literally millions into their DEI right. programming and funding. Right. And were so gracious to like publish their reports out for everyone to see. Right. So all of us on the other side can say like, okay, this is what's working, this is what's not working. And I think since then, I love that we have found some kind of playbook to create strong DEI principles right. in the workplace, but also from a recruiting perspective as well. Um, and the more and more that companies are getting on board to investing into DI programming and how to operationalize it, how to scale it at whether you're a startup, right. mid-sized company, or a large right. enterprise org, um, we're moving the needle. Yeah, We have a lot more to do, right. but I think we're moving the needle. And I think what we're getting right is putting a playbook in place. And in the playbook, which what's great from that is it's, it's tailored to you. Absolutely. Right, we're we're using some of those larger models, and then saying, okay, not this, take, delete this, mm-hmm. but make it personal to your company. Yeah, it's oh, just like I like that. I don't, for some reason, I think about it, and I don't know where I saw this analogy from or this drawing, but it was a literal, like, football playbook mm-hmm. of like quarterback moves here, wide receiver moves here, right, and the play should follow as right. such. However, you do have other options. Let's say the wide receiver is like blocked. You could do I don't I don't know how I'm coming up with all these football. No, no, I'm <laughs> running with it. In though. the moment, I'm running with but, it. Go, go. But, but then you have like the running back as a backup, right. which can hopefully make the play happen. Very similar in like the DI space um, when it comes from a recruiting perspective. There's different levers you can pull. The end result, like we want to move the needle forward. We want to move the needle forward. We want to move that football closer to the touchdown line. And I don't know why I keep using football yeah, analogies. I, I love it, though. I love it, though. I, I, I just wanted to see how far you could go with it before yeah. it started to fall apart, but you did well. Um, all right, let's do the opposite. Where do you think we should make strides? Where are we lacking right now? I, I think that we... Well, first off, I will say that being here at HR Transform, there are so many vendors here. There are so many tools and platforms and... Mm various analytics that can help a company showcase their efforts right. and also try to prove it. Right. Um, I think it's a matter of like 
every single booth that I've been to, I'm, my first question is, how can I assure that this data is accurate? Right. Um, because there could be some kind of flaw. There could be some kind of 5% margin of error. Well, that's a 5% margin of error. Right. And if you're measuring someone's ethnicity or gender by scraping LinkedIn profiles or public media profiles, right. that 5% margin, it needs to be 100%. That's right. So I think... We want our profit data to be accurate. Absolutely. We want our revenue data to be accurate, our cost data. Yeah. Why wouldn't we want this data to be accurate? 100%. And I, I would love to see how we evolve in the next, gosh, in the next year, two years, five years, in regards to measuring the effectiveness of various DI tools, platforms, analytics. Right. Uh, when you think about AI and how that technology can be utilized too, um, we'll, we'll evolve more, but the, the data components in terms of how we measure these right. programs will, will evolve and looking forward to seeing how that goes. It's, it's really gonna be interesting, especially with that, as it relates to the outcomes. Like you had goals and a, a desired outcome, like in your football analogy, we wanna score a touchdown, right? Okay, that's the goal, right? But again, the data is going to, if you have good data, you got that insight into, did we actually meet the outcomes or not? And if we didn't, what can be changed, modified, et cetera, to then reach the goal? I love that. Um, measurement of DEI. Like, what do you, you know, it's like a, I said this earlier, it's a relentless pursuit is something we're never going to reach, right? Because every time you get to a certain place, you learn new things. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, I had no idea that that was a thing, and now it is a thing. Okay, now i got to learn something new, which is great. But I also think it for a lot of leaders, it's also a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm just making excuses for them. But the idea is that we've got to measure to understand where we are in our journey. We've got to have some type of measurement. What do you, what do you think that is, or what do you look at? in order to kind of understand how we're doing on our journey. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the practices of, of DEI will will constantly evolve. And I think we will, an organization will know that they're winning at it when it becomes a normal part of their culture and a normal part of their standing standard operating procedures yeah. of their day-to-day. Yeah, we and don't it, talk about and it. And it's not talked about so That's much. Right. right. And ERGs, or rather like ERG leaders are just already at the table. Right. We don't need to make an application for it right. or, or write a statement right. of, of ERG leaders to advocate on behalf of a, a certain uh, initiative. And so I think orgs will win once that happens organically and naturally. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it's what I, when you were talking about it, I was thinking about the women's right to vote. And, you know, that was a thing. Historically, you go back all the way in different countries, it's a little bit different, but here in this country, huge suffrage movement finally we like it doesn't come up when we talk about elections we don't talk about like the women's right to vote like it's just let's assume like mm-hmm. yes and mm-hmm. right and i think at one point it could be that it could be that we we don't talk about we might talk about the outcomes and how things are getting better or how we need to tweak certain things or even new things that we're learning but i don't think we're talking about it as much mm-hmm. I think that's great. Well, brother, you have been absolutely fantastic. Thank Thank you you so much for coming by and being on the podcast. Absolutely. No, this is fantastic. Thank you. (laughs) 